you turn in your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 22. We'll start in verse 36. Matthew 22, verse 36. I do love watching cartoons. It's a little weird, but I like it. Little Looney Tunes, Disney cartoons. Have you ever seen the one with the Sabbath? I feel like in many cartoons where there's a character like Donald Duck in a boat or maybe in front of a dam, and then a leak comes into the boat. And then you see them usually stick one finger or a feather and block the hole. And inevitably, what comes next Another leak. And in the cartoon, there always seems to be all these uh, leaks coming into the boat or um, through the dam. And apparently the, the person in the cartoon suddenly, you know, and only in a cartoon world, will try to plug up around 10 of them with, you know, 10 fingers or maybe start to get to the toes. Um, and eventually more leaks come. Have you ever felt like that in your Christian walk where you are trying to plug in a leak, or you're trying to stop some kind of catastrophe from happening, and more and more just keep coming. And in your pursuit of yielding yourself fully unto the Lord, every time it seems like you get a little ahead, there seems to be something coming um, that would make you go kind of two steps back. I would like to encourage you, I just want to, as I typically do in my own life, go back to the basics this morning. When it seems like, how do we fully yield ourselves to the Lord? How do we fully give ourselves to Him? What is the, what is the, uh, the action we are to take place? So that as things come into our lives, as we have weighed down by the world, by our own, uh, sin, desires, etc., what is the answer for a victorious Christian walk? What is the answer for being successful? In this life, let's turn to Matthew, like I said, chapter 22 and verse 36. It says, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Can everything really hang on love the Lord and love people? I'd like to encourage us today. I don't think I'm going to teach anything new, but I think it'll be a little refresher. How well are we loving Him? How well are we loving Him? If our love is not where it's supposed to be for the Lord, there's no way life goes good. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. For your love, as we have said, for you, the God of this world, uh, to have a name be jealous, that you would so desire to be with us. If we read today that you would have fervent desire to do the Passover with them, Lord, that you have said, let them be with me where I am. Lord Jesus, we just, we want to love you like you love us. It is seemingly impossible to do, but that's what you're worth. That's what you deserve for us to love you so much. 
as much as you love us. Thank you for loving us first. Lord, during this time, may we be encouraged by your love, and may our love for you increase. May your spirit do a mighty work where he individually breaks into people's hearts and shows them and illuminates how to love you more, the areas of their life where they need to fix, obviously myself included, that we might be a people rejoicing, that we are just simply uh, talking over and over about who you are and why we like you, why we love you, how good you are for us, that we would be like the brand new engaged couple just constantly talking about their fiance, that we would be the ones constantly talking about you and all that makes us love you. Thank you for who you are. Keep my lips from false teaching. Be honored and glorified above all. In your name, amen. Three things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. I think we've been told since day one to love the Lord. I think sometimes we go over this passage and we kind of think of it as one thing. There's three different things here. Your heart, your soul, and your mind. So I want to break that down a little bit. Now, that being said, there's some great um, language here. We know, you know, Hebrew, Greek. Um, I'm going to give you my definitions of these words. You can study it yourself. There is a, a depth to all three of these, and some of them overlap. So for clarity, I'm not saying exactly what I said is the, uh, what I say for definitions is the end all. All right. No, it's back on. Okay. Loving the Lord your God with all of your heart. So again, when I talk about how do you yield yourself, how do you obey? Okay, the Lord says, if you love me, you'll obey me. Love the Lord with all your heart. I would define this as your will and your emotions. Your will and your emotions, all those feelings you have inside, the unseen feelings and your will, what you're going to do. Do you have real feelings for the Lord? I've said over and over as I'm convicted myself in my lack of feelings for the Lord. In other words, I know quickly here I'll be going to camp um, in upstate, I think, Pennsylvania This time I'm going by myself for a week. Um, It stinks. It stinks when you don't go with family or your spouse. I know I'll probably have a great time. Somehow it's not the same when at the end of the day you can't turn to your spouse and say all the fun things that happened or all the fun. You can't share it with the person. You can call. It's just not the same. And at that point, I start to miss Kim. I'll sit there and be like, hey, you know, I, w- I wish you were here today. I wish you were here today. 
this happened, you, you, you had to kind of been there. <laughs> um, how many of us miss spending time with our Savior? If you have been busy, you have not spent time in the Word, it is not a guilt feeling, it's a I miss you feeling. I miss spending time with you. That's simply one little aspect of loving the Lord with your emotions. Do you have real feelings of love? The Bible talks about when two people fall in love. In Proverbs, it says it's really a beautiful thing for the whole world to see two people fall in love. You remember the days of falling in love. And outside of the marriage, spousal relationship, becoming best friends with someone, why do you want to hang out with someone? You start to attribute parts that you like about that person, that you love and admire about that person. You want to spend time and hang out with the person with real feelings. Do you have those real feelings for God? Do you have them? In the context here, if you read a lot of this passage or this scenario, they're trying to trick the Lord. And when it gets to here, he's talking about what is the greatest commandment in the law. I would like to remind us what we've been taught before. With the Ten Commandments, the first four are about loving the Lord. The next six could be loving your neighbor. So I want to talk about the first four commandments and how it can apply to us loving the Lord with all of our heart. The first commandment says this, You shall have no other gods before me. God wants to make it very clear right away. You want to fall in love with me? I'm going to fall in love with you. It's a faithful commitment. This is not just you get to love me and get to love everyone else. It's a faithful commitment. You go to me first with your love. You go to me first with your love. Do you give God the first fruit of your love? Do you give him the first fruit of your love? Because you shall have no other gods before me. Do you tell him I love you in the morning? It sounds a little weird, but it shouldn't be, right? Typically, we do that with our family, with our spouses. When we say goodbye, love you, good morning. Maybe you can give each other a kiss goodbye. Why would it not be the same with the Lord? I remember talking with one of my friends in college once, and uh, we were talking about this issue of do we actually love him? Uh, and I think I, I preached something about it. And he said, you know, be sure do you not only kiss Kim goodbye tonight, but you kiss the Lord goodbye. I thought, that was weird. And then, I kind of sat there, and it, it really did, it just struck that idea of, I absolutely look forward to the kiss goodbye with Kim. But when I lay my head down on my pillow at night, why do I even be thinking about the Lord? Saying goodnight. Talking about the day. Real emotions and will. 
loving the Lord your God with all your heart. The next commandment, you shall not make unto thee any graven images. God, in James Clifford's version, do not replace me with cheap copies that don't do anything for your fulfillment. Do not replace me with cheap copies that don't do anything for your fulfillment. Idols have always amazed me that someone would carve something and then assign deity to it. I just, it's just human nature. I don't get it. But the question is, where do you go when you have a bad day? Do you go to your cheap replacements? Or do you go to your Savior? I know there, and again, I'm, I'm convicted and I speak to myself. The last couple of weeks of work were um, just normal work stuff, people being stupid, um, the job being stupid, um, just days where you just came home, you didn't feel like going back to work. Uh, and I could almost hear the Lord saying, why don't you just read a few Psalms? Let's spend some time together. No. If I'm having a bad day, why wouldn't I go to the one I love to get me out of the bad day? Well, it shows your level of love. Why is it that we wouldn't run to Scripture or run to our prayer life and have those real feelings? Because I'll very easily turn to other things. If I'm having a bad day, I can give you a list of the things I'm going to do to get myself out of the bad day. That's easy for me to do. But when I actually hear the Lord saying, why don't you just spend some time? Let's read some Psalms together. Let's read some Proverbs together. And you almost fight it. Why? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. The next commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. I am not normal. I'm not just another friend. I'm not just another relationship you hope works out. Now again, there's a lot more there to taking the Lord's name in vain, but just for practically on my end of things this morning, don't just take him lightly. Not just another relationship. Have you ever seen a married couple treat each other almost too normal? Makes you feel uncomfortable. In other words, I was walking the other day. I was taking a walk around the block with my wife. And we ran into a neighbor. We started talking. And someone was talking about moving. Should they move? And I mean, just casually, my neighbor says, he wants to move down south. He can go down south. I'm going to stay up here. And just very casual. And I thought, that's not like your normal friend. <laughs> that, yeah, it's not supposed to be like that. You shouldn't so casually be talking to us who you don't really know that well either. <laughs> About if my husband leaves, I'm just going to stay up here. Do we do that with the Lord? Do we treat him and talk about him casually like it's just another relationship? Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy is the last commandment there. When serving me, remember it's actually about us and not just the work. 
Remember, it's about us and not just the work. Have you ever planned the family vacation and your whole goal is to have quality family time and the planning ruins all the quality family time? It's exactly what happens. And I think it can happen a lot, as we said, with the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. One day, one day, stop working. Let's just be together. Let's just stop and think. Do you love him with all of your heart? It's a high calling. All of your emotions. All of your will. The next part is love him with all your soul. Now again, some people might think this would overlap. The soul could be your emotions. I'm not going to argue it. Here's my definition. The soul is your personality. In the original language, it almost means the breath of life. It's your life, your living being. It's who you are. So it's hard to kind of describe. For me, in my mind, it's easy to say your personality. It's who you are individually. How do you love the Lord with your soul? It's how you express yourself to God. It's saying, God, you made me this way, and I want to express myself back to you in this relationship. First off, do we thank him for making us the way he did? Your personality is needed and wanted by the Lord. Psalms 139 says, I, am, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And again, in this culture that we live in, I would like to again bring up the whole self-esteem thing. We are called to esteem others. Your worth should not come from how good you think you are, because you're not. It's a contradiction. You are that horrible sinner. You are that evil person. There's nothing good in you. But... If you ascribe worth because your Savior put it on you, it seems like a fine line, but it is a very distinctive line. You are absolutely invaluable to this earth because of what He has done for you and how He has made you. And He has made you specifically. And all this idea of your personality and who you are in your life is an expression back to the Lord of simply saying thank you. Do you like your personality? <laughs> so many times we're trying to change ourselves. Sometimes maybe we just kind of come to grips with who we are. Uh, do you cry every single day? I don't know. I don't really think that's healthy. <laughs> but maybe some of you do. So here's what I'm saying when I am thinking about this whole personality, really loving the Lord, is it's not the problem of, Hey, I cry every day. It's what you're crying about. And this is the idea of personality. If you're crying for the lost, if you're crying because your heart is overwhelmed with your love for the Lord, then praise the Lord. Cry every single day. And you're going to see that the way God made you and the uniqueness of it is so... Um, when, when we're walking with the Lord, it's exactly who we are and exactly how we're supposed to be living. But our sinful nature and our walking away from the Lord will take that exact same personality and use it worldly, and then things get messed up. So what's your personality like? Do you just God created you to just absolutely love music? Great. 
That's what we need. But what do you do with the music? Do you use it to glorify the Lord? There is numerous uh, people we talk about that um, had talents and, and they're praising the Lord and they're getting good at music and then they get worldly contracts and wait a minute, I can use my music more in this setting than over here going for the Lord. And music was never the problem. It's where your heart was. Music wasn't the problem. It's where you're using it. Do you love the Lord with all of your soul? How he made you all for his kingdom. The Lord made me to be a people's person. Can be biggest strength, biggest weakness. This is not me, but I'm saying some people say, I I love people so much I could never go to a church of 30 people. It's not how he made me. What does that have to do with anything? Your personality, maybe that's what God needs to use for that church of small. They need a people's person in there. But we have to really take a look at how God has made our personality and love Him with that. Love Him with your personality. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, your intellect. And yes, this is important. In today's world, it seems like love is nothing more than a feeling with no depth of intellect behind it. Whatever you love, you love. Phrases like love wins. I don't know what's winning and what the love is. But it's all around us. Your study of why things work and why what God says is true and beneficial is how you love Him. How do you love the Lord with your mind? You meditate on scriptures. You think about them. And not only about them, but why they are good and beneficial. The psalmist said it perfect in Psalms 119, starting in verse uh, 97. We'll read it here. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou through the, thy commands hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for thou art ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments for you have taught me. How sweet are your words unto my taste as sweeter than honey to my mouth. As he meditates on God's laws, it makes a sweet taste in his mouth. He sees the benefits and it causes him to worship. I love your law. I like the way you do things. I see the value in it. I appreciate it. I affirm it. We just had the whole Roe versus Wade. Abortion is going to be a topic that all of us will probably be into a conversation with in the next coming week. But if we have no idea biblically how God sees abortion, then all you are is talking with other people about your opinion and their opinion. 
It is not a topic that we just get to sit there and go, oh, that stinks or that's horrible. Or I want to get to the point where we as believers say, hey, abortion is wrong. But here's why I love the fact that it's wrong. Because it shows me God's character. It makes me fall in love with him more. I appreciate God that he has said this is wrong and not beneficial. And we have to get that kind of understanding through God's word. Of course it seems confusing to us. Sometimes in ideas of homosexuality and transgender and abortion, all these hot topics, we have to know the basis of why God says it's wrong and why he has any rules for us whatsoever. Any boundary is for our benefit. We sometimes forget that. That if God has said, no, do not do these things, it's for our benefit. And that would make us go, thank you so much for looking out for me. I didn't understand, but now I do. That's why we love his law. That's why we have to love him with all of our mind. It's because when we have no idea the concepts of doctrine and scripture and why things are wrong and why it's beneficial to us to not partake in certain things, it just becomes a bunch of rules. I want to look quickly in closing here. What happens when we don't love him with all three? Because that is the struggle for me, maybe you. Is when we say we love the Lord, we might sit there and only love Him with our heart, but not with our mind. Might love Him with our soul, not with our heart. And as life goes on, we talk about those leaks coming into the boat. If you're not well-rounded in your love for Him, Tough times are coming. If you love him with all your heart and with all your soul, but you do not love him with your mind, let me warn you, you start to make him up in your mind. And you are just like the world who has so many opinions of a God they have no idea who they're talking about. Does it not hurt you or harm you when you hear the world say things about our Savior and they're just completely wrong? And you just kind of cry out, you don't know Him. And yet when we don't love the Lord with all of our mind, and we don't study, study, and find out the depth of the reason behind the law. We can be just like them. When you don't love Him with all of your heart, and all you do is love Him with your mind and your personality, 
Sometimes you will have a tendency to become legalistic and all about being right and taking away the simplicity of the fact that He loves you. And that is the number one piece of this whole faith is a relationship where He loves you and you love Him. You take that part away and that's where you go down legalism. You don't love Him with your own soul. You will not experience the abundant life practically found here. You won't love Him the way He has made you specifically. You won't be able to live out the life that He has actually called you to live in your own uniqueness. And you will love Him and you will love His law but it will never seem individualized it will never seem really personal you can just look at god from afar and go he is absolutely loving his ways are perfect i just it doesn't seem personalized for me that's because you don't love him with your soul be careful be careful that we do not love him on just one part of this We have to love Him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind. And in fact, in Mark, in this passage, they add, in all of our strength, which means we do whatever it takes to love Him. So today I just want to remind us, how are you doing spiritually? And is it as simple as there are certain aspects you don't love about Him yet? It really is that simple. Let's pray. Jesus Christ, thank You for loving us and loving us fully. Uh, thank You that You are... Uh, I don't even know if balanced is the word that doesn't seem to be the right word, but that Your law is perfect Your emotions and will is perfect. Who you are is perfect. They are all together uh, working in your love for us. Thank you so much for loving us. Again, Lord, we just want to love you just remotely close to the way you love us. And it seems like it would be impossible. But we want to. We want you to be the one we go to first. We want to have a relationship with you where we talk to you intimately and sometimes casually and sometimes just with a broken heart. All those different emotions. Lord, we want to look to you for your scripture, that it would change our lives, that we would see the benefit of your scripture for all human beings, that if we would just follow your word, how well it would go with us we would just obey you how sweet and abundant of a life we could have here on earth help us to believe that thank you for making it personal thank you that you took your time so to speak when you created us in the womb that you knew our future you knew all the things that were going to happen and your love for us didn't change 
Thank you for giving us spiritual gifts when we did not deserve them. Thank you for being long-suffering and patient with our personality. Thank you that one day, working it out, where our justification and our sanctification will be complete. You have done all the work. You are altogether lovely. Thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. I pray now that we would have a great time of fellowship as we go downstairs. Again, we do thank you for Max. We thank you for Mia. And uh, continue to bless them on their uh, roads as they take this next phase of life. In your name, amen.